This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. I don't know if you heard that the approval rating for the union movement in America has gone up to 71%. It was only a few weeks ago that it was 65%, and we were bragging about that because it was the highest it had been in 20 years. But today, according to the latest Gallup poll, labor unions have an approval rating of 71%. Contrast that to everybody else's approval rating. The President of the United States is suffering with a approval rating of 44%. And that's an increase. His is going up, and it's gone up to 44%. Ours is 71 Bernie Sanders is leading the field of all the people who might run for president next time with a 46% approval rating. And the approval rating for Congress in general is around the mid-20s and not likely to get any better. Ours is 71%. That's really, really good. We're very, very, very popular, and we need to start taking advantage of it. What could we do with a 71% approval rating? Well, I would like to see us unleash working America and sign up everybody that's not in a union into Working America. Working America is presently a part of the AFL-CIO. Anybody can join it. I think it's $5 a year. It's a very good organization, but they are not utilizing it like they could. It could be as big as Move On was a few years ago. Move On was just a few nerdy technicians who got involved because there were calls for President Clinton to be impeached. And they said, let's move on. Let's don't just talk about President Clinton and his sexual picadillos. Let's just move on. And they grew until virtually every activist, every activist in America was either a member or coming to their activities. And they started forming local chapters of Move On. And they were very, very effective. Something happened somewhere at the top, where there were only a few people running the show from the, whole, from the very beginning. Something happened, and they decided to disband the chapters and to recede back to just another propaganda organization. Working America, with the backing of the labor movement and a 71% approval rating, could be signing up people right and left. Those who have the potential to form a bargaining unit and get a contract could be put into those groups. So in other words, let's say we had 10 people here in Dallas, Texas, where I live, that all worked at the same place and there were 50 other people that worked there. With those 10 people at that place, we could form an internal organizing committee and get the whole thing organized. So, the, But the beginning would be to get everybody signed up with Working America. Now, of course, there's a problem 
People join a union and they expect to have their complaints serviced. They expect to be able to grieve their, their problems with their bosses. Working America couldn't do that if they were signing up everybody, but they could, to a large extent, help with it by providing legal advice and by having a small group of experts that could be reached by telephone and told about different grievances so that they could at least offer advice. There are some things that Working America could do that they are not doing. And I would love to see Working America turned loose with a 71% approval rating on the working people of America and try to sign up everybody. That was the great goal that the industrial workers of the world had. They were going to sign up everybody and then they were going to take over the world. And it was a great idea. And it might have worked if the government hadn't come down on them so hard. Nevertheless, Working America could be signing up an awful lot of people, and an awful lot of them could be getting into regular unions with contracts and grievance procedures, officers of their own, their own steward system, and things like that. That brings me to another thing that the AFL-CIO could be doing with a 71% approval rating. They could coordinate all of our labor fights, all of our organizing drives, and all of our contract fights through the AFL-CIO. They are, to their great credit, moving in that direction. There is more solidarity between the unions than I have ever seen in my life. The AFL-CIO deserves a great deal of credit for that. And the different unions deserve a great deal of credit. We went to Starbucks last Saturday. There were only a few of us there, but there were, of the group, there were three teachers, two of us from the auto workers union and one from the communication workers. And there was only one person there that doesn't have a union. That's because her union's back in her home state and she moved here to Texas. So we weren't a big, big group, but we were a group of different unions and different organizations coming together. And that is happening in America. I just think it needs to be greatly accelerated and with a 71% approval rating, I think it could be done. Another thing that I think that labor could do, recognizing that our approval rating is so much higher than anybody in government, I think the labor movement should develop its own foreign policy and start paying attention to the international organizations to which it already belongs and join some of the ones that it does not belong and start really practicing internationalism. We are more popular than the government. It is, there is no point at all in letting the government set our foreign policy. In general, that's the way it is. American unions reflect the foreign policy of the state, of the State Department of the United States. And they don't really need to. We're more popular than they are. The people of the United States believe in the labor movement more than they believe in their government, more than they believe in any of their politicians, more than they believe in any of their political parties. I also think that the labor movement could start to demand some things that would be totally, totally rejected by the bosses.
as we presently practice the labor movement, we make demands, but they're always demands that can be met by the bosses. We never really try to drive the bosses to the edge, and we're not interested at all in driving the bosses out of business because that's the kind of labor movement we have today. It's an American labor movement. It's not interested in stopping any of the enterprises in our economy. But I think that we could start to demand some of the things that the bosses really don't like. For example, we could bring back the demand for shorter working hours. Or we could say that they've got to pay a lot more to get overtime hours. Presently, if you work more than 40 hours a week, the law demands that you are able to be paid one and a half times your normal rate for all hours over 40 hours a week. But that's the only protection we have against automation, and it ain't much. Most people just work the overtime when they can get it because they're desperate and they need the money, and they don't care if they're putting somebody else out of a job. But if we were to demand shorter hours the way we used to, the way we did from about 1935 up to about 1955, we would have been able to overcome automation. Our unions would not have shrunk like they have because the only reason the unions shrunk or the main reason that the unions shrunk is because the jobs disappeared. For example, the factory where I used to work had 22,000 blue-collar workers, union members, back during World War II. Right after that, they cut back, and they had over 9,000 during the Vietnam War. And as you know, the military buildup went right on after the Vietnam War. But the number of workers at that plant fell and fell. It was only about 4,000 blue-collar workers when I started there in 1979. It was only about 2,300 blue-collar workers when they closed the plant in 2013. By then, they had outsourced some of the work, moved some of the work, slipped some of the work onto the table. But mostly what cost us our jobs was automation. For example, when I started there, I worked on the big tape mill machines that could cut parts out in curves. In airplanes, a lot of things have to be cut in curves, not in straight lines. So you use computerized milling machines and computerized lathes to cut things the way you uh, need them to be. When I started the machines that I was running, I was told that one of our machines replaced 16 of the traditional machinists that were working with the old kinds of machines like they were in the, in the plant where I worked before. In the old machines, you made basically one cut on a machine and then you took the part to another machine to make another cut. You could make a slot maybe over here and over there you could uh, make a hole and over there you could burnish some of it off or file some of it off and you eventually got the part that you wanted. But the machines that I ran would replace 16 of those conventional machinists. 
Before very long, they had new machines that replaced four of us. So automation is the reason that people lost their jobs, and that's the reason why the unions shrunk. If they had demanded shorter working hours every time productivity went up, that would not have happened. And I think we should bring that back. Demand shorter working hours, even though the bosses are going to literally hate it and say that it's un-American and everything else. But it's the only way to stop the attrition in the labor movement that is caused by automation. So those are some of the things I think could be done with a 71% approval rating. I'd like to know what you think, and I'd really like to see some of these policies get started happening. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.